Let's go geocaching. <laughs> this is it. It's time for the Where Is It Now Geocaching Podcast, where you can escape the muggles in your life for almost, but not quite, 30 minutes. This podcast is sponsored by the Four State Geocaching Society and was recorded at Digital Planet Studios near Joplin, Missouri. Now let's welcome our host, Where Is It Now? Hey, good morning, you guys. I'm so happy you're back. Man, it's it's this is episode number 137 of the Where Is It Now Geocaching podcast, and we're going to talk about geocaching. we got a couple of guests going to be on later in the episode, and uh, I'll just rant a little bit in the beginning, tell you what's been going on in my geocaching life. Uh, last weekend, I went to an event in Springfield, Missouri, and it was a blast. It was called the 2x4 event, which was on February the 4th. And John uh, from Spring, it was in Springfield, Missouri. John put it on and he always does really good events. And one of the things that impresses me about John is he always hands, hand makes a lot of caches, usually gadget caches. And it's pretty exciting. So this one, two by four event, what do you suppose he made the, uh, the uh, gadget caches out of? That's right. Two by fours. It was fun. It was a blast. Now he made three. And he wrapped them up in brown, um, brown wrapping paper, brown butcher paper, something. But so you couldn't see what they were. And we all put our names in an ammo can. And when he drew it out, you got to pick any of the ones you wanted. And they were, uh, like I said, wrapped. So you couldn't see what you were getting. You just knew they were caches. Um, then his wife threw out a thing and said, we should do it white elephant. Let's make it so the next person can steal theirs if they want. And so they agreed. And that's what we did. Now, not the first one that got picked, but I'm going to tell you, there were they were all wrapped and you couldn't tell what any of them were because two of them were in boxes and those were wrapped. So you couldn't see what was inside of them. But one of them just looked like he took a two by four and wrapped it. And guess what? That's what he did. It was just a two by four, but it wasn't just a two by four. John makes some pretty darn amazing caches. This happened to be a two by four with a not so secret hidden compartment that held the cache. Very cool. Um, and honestly, I can't remember, but what the middle one was, but my favorite one was a birdhouse that was beautiful. I mean, it looked great. It was well built and it was a cool it was a cool gadget it made me want to go out to the workshop it's over there made me want to go out to the workshop and take the <laughs> my first birdhouse gadget cache that i worked on and I had to quit when it got super cold uh it makes me want to take it and just grind it down to sawdust isn't that terrible it, but his work was so good i'm so impressed i probably Need to go hang, see if I can hang out with him for a day and build some caches together because he built all three of those in a day. I've been working on my birdhouse for months, um, not consecutively hours, but for hours and hours. Okay, today it's February. I don't even know what today is, but it's February probably 8th or 9th, maybe even the 10th. 
And it's warm out, guys. I'm in southern Missouri, and it's 71 degrees. 71. You know what you have to do when it's 71 degrees? You just have to get in your car and go find geocaches. It's the perfect weather. Now, yesterday was windy, and I wore a jacket even though it was in the 70s. But today, it's just perfect. It's just absolutely perfect. Let me get a drink. As I was coming in the uh, studio, I looked over and I have two horses. I think I've shown them to you before. Drummer, who I didn't get to name, and uh, Apollo, who I didn't get to name. But they're they're good boys. And when they see or hear any kind of car coming, they go stand by the fence hoping for treats. And they this was no different. They were looking over at the studio going, are you going to come over here? Are you going to give me fun stuff? I haven't yet, but I will. If any of you ever come to uh, Digital Planet Studios, I would be happy to give you a tour and show you where we record the podcast and where we record the music and all the things. And you can certainly give treats to Drummer and Apollo. And if you have kids, they always get a kick out of that. Actually, they like that more than the studio. The adults attend tend to love the studio more than the than the horses okay so it's nice out what did i do oh you know i don't get near as many chances maybe even the last year or so to geocache with friends like i used to in the beginning i almost geocached with friends once a week and we geocached hard and heavy but in the last year maybe year and a half it's it's really rare and I got to geocache this week with one of my best friends, Melissa Joe, from Savage, Minnesota. Yeah, we had a we had a good time. So Melissa Joe and I worked together occasionally, and we went down and did uh, some presentations, some workshops in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and Conway, Arkansas, and it went really well. And my wife said, she called me a couple of times, what are you doing? It's like, we're geocaching. She said, I thought you were supposed to be working. Hey, we work. <laughs> you know, some people geocache in between work. I work in between geocaching. Melissa and I love to geocache. Anyway, we on a Tuesday, we did a noon presentation in Hot Springs and had to drive to Little Rock. We got a couple of caches on that little hour and a half trip. But then we got checked into the next hotel and we went and did our nighttime presentation and we didn't go geocaching that night. But that night in the hotel room, uh, I planned the next day because we the next day was just to drive home, which was four hours. And we had all day. We didn't have to work. So I planned out some routes and geogo of geocaches that we could go find that day. Now. Melissa didn't get to pick any of them, but I know her and she likes high favorited points. I like things I can get out of the car and get quick. I like both, but I did a good mixture. I picked five caches that were literally in the parking lot of the hotel we were in and the surrounding hotel parking lot. So I found five caches that we got in no time at all. And then while we were in Conway, I picked out a couple of caches that had 50, 70, 80 favorite points. And we went and did those. And those were fun. And then for the rest of the day, 
what I did was I just found a cache just off the highway um, about every 15 or 20 miles so that we could drive a while, talk, jump off, grab a geocache, get back in the car and talk and just have a nice trip on the way home. Well, as we're finishing up what I had saved in Conway, she said, hey, there's a cemetery just about a half a mile away that has five caches in it. Do you want to go? Do I want to go? Yeah, I want to go. So we go over to the cemetery. And the first one we go to is rated three difficulty. I think one and a half terrain, maybe two, but I don't think so. So let's say three, one and a half. Now, I have to ask myself a question. Is it me? Am I the problem? I was. I was the problem. So this cache, we look, and the coordinates have it directly in the corner of a fence where two, you know, two sides meet, which is very common in a cemetery for those caches to be right in the corner. But it wasn't on the fence in the corner, the fence post hanging off the fence, on the back side of the post. No, none of that. The hint said, reach. Reach for it. Something like that. Well, right in the corner, there was a pine tree that was really tall, but it had branches that hung down where I could reach them. Melissa could have never. She's a little thing. She could have never reached them. But we find ourselves looking in the pine needles and we see a pine cone or two that are up. Can't quite reach them. Is it that? And we look and we look and we look and we can't find it. And one of the things that said in the description is that there's a gate to get into the private part of the cemetery, but don't take that. And the gate's right next to us. And what do you think? Of course I took it. I thought, I can't see it. I'm going to go around the back. So we went around the back and we're looking and we cannot find the thing. And I gave up before Melissa did. She won't give up, you know, but I said, I don't think we're going to find it. And so we both DNF'd it. Now, I'm going to be honest. I DNF'd it with malice in my heart. I didn't say anything rude on the DNF log. I just said, nope, N-O-P-E, nope. And, but I was not happy. And it brings me back to a previous episode where I talked about when I began hiding caches. I hid them in bad locations that weren't interesting in bad containers that were nearly impossible to find. I might take an evergreen that's really big, like really big and really bushy, and you have to stick your head in to even see. And I might wrap a pill bottle in camo tape and hang it on the back of the darn thing. You might have to cut the tree down to find the cash. I'm exaggerating, but it was bad. And I thought that was the purpose of the game. I think I talked about that in one of the last couple of episodes. These days, I don't do that. I just, if it's got to be in a big bushy evergreen, I, I carry some blue penguin tape or some white zebra tape. And I put it in something that when you look in there, you can find it. If it's not a good location and it's not interesting, it's just for the numbers. Why do I want to torture you? Well, that's what I was thinking about this guy. This is a bad location. It's probably a bad container. 
and why did you have to make it so hard? It's like you hear me say sometimes, people will make you climb a hill and walk through some water when there's a perfectly good guardrail 10 feet away you could have hidden it in. Um, so I was kind of a little bit angry. And so I just said, nope. But Melissa, I don't know what her log was, but whatever it was, the CEO sent her a message almost instantly saying, I see you guys are from out of town. Or she said, I see you're from out of town. Let me give you a hint. Well, let me get a drink and I'll tell you what it was. The hint was evergreen. Just on the back, I mean, easily reachable from the backside of the, well, not from the backside, whatever, evergreen. And so here's the thing. We had been searching in a pine tree, a very tall pine tree, because the coordinates were dead on in that corner. We didn't look in the evergreen that was maybe 10 feet down the fence row and only about six feet tall. And, oh, I remember his hint was evergreen five feet high. Well, I'm going to be honest. We weren't looking five feet high ever because I don't have to reach. And even she doesn't have to reach up for five feet. She almost does. So with the new hint, we, we had driven away going to the next cache. We came back and we walked right to it. <sighs> it's funny when you look through the logs, because I did after we couldn't find it. Everybody says, couldn't find it, couldn't find it, couldn't find it, left. I, this is my third time here, and this time I walked right to it. I don't know what it was, but we didn't see it. And why did I say, am I the problem? Because remember, GPS can only get you so close, within about 32 feet of where the cache is. Anytime we use GPS to walk directly to a geocache, what seems to happen most of the time, it's just luck. It's not designed to give you um, pinpoint accuracy of where the cache is hidden. Why am I the problem? Because I didn't look anywhere but the damn pine tree up high. I didn't look in the evergreens. I didn't expand my search. I was so sure the cache was where I saw it on the map. And it made sense because it's often in a corner that I was just all in for the corner. We got the geocache and I sent the, my log after that was nice. And of course they didn't know if they, I, they might listen to the podcast. So they may find out I was mad, but they didn't know I was mad, but I sent a nice, I hope it was a very nice, thankful uh, message in the log, thanking the CEO for helping us out. What's the moral of the story? Don't be the problem. <laughs> no, that's not the moral. Well, maybe. But the moral is expand your search. Look around. And if you're new to hiding, if it's not a cool place or a cool thing, if you're not trying to keep muggles from finding it, don't make it hard. You should never have a crappy container in a crappy location that's a difficulty of probably more than two. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. Okay, so that's my story about all that stuff. I am going to uh, get our first guest on the line, and I'll be right back. We've got two guests that are going to be on with us today, and it's people you've met before here on the podcast or maybe you know in real life, and I just want to catch up with them 
and see what's going on and what the news is. One of them, might, we have bad news, but we'll, we'll be right back. You know what's been a regular event on the podcast, on the Where Is It Now podcast? Everything that I forget to do so that I have to redo and redo and redo. You're about to listen to or watch take three of a new segment we have, and that is the upcoming event segment. Several months ago, I said on the podcast, I wish somebody would be our correspondent for uh, events that were upcoming. And this is the very first one. Uh, the, the Ryan Simmels123 uh, actually reached out a day or two after that podcast and said, I'll do it. And of course, I never did do it. And he is here today. And uh, we, I, he hasn't made any mistakes. I've made mistakes twice to where this is item number three. Now, if you were paying attention and you were watching the podcast and you noticed that I'm wearing different clothes than I was on the first part of the podcast, that's because Ryan couldn't get on and my other guest couldn't get on. And actually the other guest isn't going to be on at all. So Ryan will be it, but, um, it's, it's a week later. So I'm wearing different clothes. I just went back and looked at the previous part to see if I got lucky and wore the same shirt, but I did not. However, it's fitting that we're having our first ever, uh, talk on upcoming events and symbols one, two, three is doing it. And I'm wearing a shirt from the event geo coin fest that took place in Kansas city. And Ryan was the host. Well, let's get Ryan on. Hang on a sec. Here he is. Hey, Ryan. Well, hello. How are you doing today? I'm going to make a campaign promise and say, this is the last time we're going to do this today. Hey, the third time's a charm. All right. All right. All right. So you have done some work and come up with some upcoming events. And I think the idea is if you'll come back in a couple of weeks and do it again, that's a question. Sounds great. All right. If you'll do that, then we'll just take listeners out, you know, maybe 30 days or, you know, something like that. And then each time we'll kind of take them out a little bit further. Um, all right. So what's, What's event number one? Well, you know, it's mega season here in uh, the United States. So we're going to start um, with the next mega coming up. It's uh, kind of a different one. It's the first time it's happening here in the state. There's a mega on Leap Day. Mm. We have Geo Leap down uh, just north of Austin, Texas, down in Round Rock. And uh, it's actually going to be an evening event on a Thursday. People are trying to get their um, badge gem additions for a week day. All right. All right. Before 8 o'clock on the 29th of February. The 29th of February. It's a magical day. Magical day happens once every four years. What about the souvenir for that day? It's a little different this year. What do you have to do? So this year, HQ is making it a little, little bit different. Uh, a lot of times they've done just find one event or one cash. This year, you have to find a total of four. So okay. 
I know a lot of people up here in Kansas, there's uh, events, they have CETO events and regular events. So they're going to do those two and then not find two more caches. So you need a total of four finds that day. Okay. So, yeah, you can get your uh, season one CETO souvenir as well. Uh, not, I don't think that starts till March 1st. What? Okay. I'd have to verify that, but I believe that's March 1st for uh, season one. I think you're right. I don't know when I am. Okay. So that's event number one. What about number two? So, like I said, that first one's on the 29th. So the next event, they're going to actually have events going on on the same day as um, GeoLeap because it's working up to Bama-Rama down in mm. Gulf Shores, Alabama. Okay. So That'll be I, exciting. I went to it last year, and um, last year I think it was a week earlier because I did go to um, – um Rama right before going to the NASCAR race down in Daytona last year. So I, they moved it a little bit. I know last year it was around Mardi Gras. I know that changes in the calendar too. So. Okay. Well, that's exciting. I just, I need to go to Pensacola for business and I haven't scheduled a trip yet. I see an opportunity. March 2nd. March 2nd. Boy, that's fast. It's right around the corner. It's coming up quick. All right. All right. And have you got any more? Yes. Uh, we're going to continue to stay in uh, the month of March. So just about a month out of the recording of this, uh, on March 16th, we're going to have the 22nd annual Texas Challenge. Okay. So they are doing it this year. They're going to be doing it in Wichita Falls. And they added... Um, so it's the 22nd annual Texas Challenge and Geocaching Festival. <laughs> oh, that sounds fun. Hey, for those that are geographically challenged, like my wife, Wichita Falls is not in Kansas. It's in Texas. Not in Kansas anymore. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> so Wichita Falls, um, and I was talking to some people that live down in San Antonio area in Texas. I am actually closer here in Kansas than some people in Texas are because it's up in the northern part of Texas. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, I've never been to an event in Wichita Falls. I've driven. In fact, I've never stopped there. I've only driven through on my way to somewhere else. Yeah. That's Those a lot of places. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I've, I've driven through more places than I stopped. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. I appreciate it. So guys, we're going to have symbols one, two, three back in a couple of weeks to bring us up to date on what else is coming up. Appreciate you coming on and not uh, a problem. Everybody. That's the end of the podcast for today. Don't forget, go geocaching, have fun, take a friend and uh, I'll see you guys back either in one week or two weeks. See you then. You've been listening to the Where Is It Now Geocaching Podcast. Please subscribe, rate us five stars in your reviews and tell your friends about the podcast. Now, be good lads and lassies and go and find a geocache.